Good morning, good morning. Thank you. Welcome to New Covenant Church. It's good to see y'all here. I like the energy in the room this morning. Y'all are awake. You're ready. The good news is God's already here. We don't have to ask him. The Holy Spirit is in the house this morning already, and we've had a great first service. God never changes, so the second service is going to be great as well. Thank y'all for coming here. If you're joining us online, thank you for tuning in this morning, and uh, I believe that the same Spirit that abides here can be in your homes this morning as well, so thank you for joining in. We have a few quick announcements, or maybe just one. We're going to have our men's breakfast this Saturday at 8 o'clock. It's going to be in the east side of the building in the fellowship hall, so men, Bring your sons, your neighbors, a good friend, uh, join us for breakfast, and one of our local members is going to share that morning their testimony, so you get to hear from maybe somebody you don't know or get to know somebody that you do already know even better. Stand up with me this morning as we get ready into praise and worship. We've got opportunities for you to worship with your tithes and offerings outside in the lobby on the walls. There's boxes on the wall. On both sides of the auditorium, we have elements of the Lord's Supper set up, so if you'd like to remember the Lord's Supper with a friend, family member. Go to one of the rock pillars and the elements are there for you. Father God, this morning, we stand here in anticipation for what your Holy Spirit can do for us. Lord, I know you've already set things in motion from the beginning of time for this morning so that people can be healed, people can be restored, marriages can be healed. Uh, children can be delivered. Father God, we know that you have a plan for today and we stand here in submission to what your plan is and what your will is. In Jesus' name, amen. You're the same. 
I need you now. 
Receive your presence. Wow. Your presence. Where you are, there's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Speak to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. 
Tucker. God's doing something right now, raising you up to leadership. Okay? Just understand, it's Him. It's not a strange idea. He's doing something in you right now that's preparing you for your future. And it's, it's full of hope and full of glory. So just, just listen to Him and respond. He's going to lead you step by step. So don't be afraid to stand up and be who you are. All right? Yeah. Brent, Lord's been listening to you. What he's been saying, he's hearing, you're hearing him, respond to him. I, I think it's saying yes, but I, I don't want to say that out loud, but I just did, didn't I? But uh, the Lord's talking to you, and he's hearing you. And so you're in, you're in a good place. Let me just say it, yes. Okay? All right. Uh, man, Lucy, uh, it's, still, it's still there. What he said, what he's promised, it's still there. Sometimes it looks like it's, it's going to come to pass. It's still there. All right? All right? <clears throat> I feel rested. Can you tell? Huh? Uh, listen, God is, God is up to something. Uh, I'm excited to be back home. Thank you so much. Wait a minute. One more. Teachers, stand up. LISD, any staff member, anybody, stand up. Students, stand up. If you're part of the staff or part of the LISD or, or if you're a homeschooler, if you're a parent, you're teaching, if you've just had one, stand up. <laughs> the whole point is you're going to, I believe, here's another word I believe God's given us. This year, God is going to start the changing of the systems. This year, makes me want to cry. This year, God's about to change the systems. And you need to hear that because God's going to have you do things that, uh, that you didn't know about until He told you. So I just want you to, I want to encourage you to be, be, be willing to stand up and do what God's saying because He's changing the system. Students, He's going to give you an open mind and an open heart to receive some truths this year that's going to propel you into your future. So let's just reach out your hands to these that are standing right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pour out our hearts toward them. We ask you to bless them with wisdom and understanding and knowledge. We ask you to pour out a, a, a spirit of, of understanding and courage and strength in such a way that, Lord, that they will walk in power and demonstration. Father, we pray you'd bless them, protect them, seal them by your Holy Spirit for what you're doing. And Father, I pray that this would be the day, today would be the day that they would remember that you started to change everything. And we give you praise. Lord, bless our children and bless our homes. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen, amen and amen. Amen. It's good to see you. I want to say thank you for the time of sabbatical. Uh, in case some of you don't know, I've been gone for six weeks. I know, you didn't miss me, and that's okay, because you had Pastor Chris and everybody else, and, and I'm so glad. I messed up things this morning when I came back, so it's all right. We were so blessed, but there's no place like home, and those that are, you, or that are watching, we watch the, the services online. Thank you for being online, and thank you, New Covenant, for having an online presence, because there's no place like home. And we prayed for you, we prayed for the church, and we prayed for this crazy world. Our world and our nation, our culture is messed up. I spent some time asking the Lord during this time, what am I to do, what's going on, what's it going to take, what's the answer? And Wednesday morning as I was driving into work, I heard these words, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about that. Not just me, but others are going to be talking about that. And I, know, I knew immediately that statement comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. And it's in the context of, 
of uh, the whole, you sure there's a great cloud of witch, witness, a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, and it's inviting us to lay aside every weight and sin that easily ensnares us and run with endurance the race that is set before us. And then these words, looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That word looking isn't just taking a glimpse. That word looking here means to look through the distractions with intentionality into Jesus. Not just unto, looking into Jesus. Who himself is the author, the originator, and the finisher, the perfecter, or the one who in, who's going to bring it all to a close into a goal of the faith. And then it says, who set himself down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus didn't sit down because he was tired. He sat down because everything was through. Everything necessary. Everything that, was, was, that he was set to do and that, it was, that will forever be carried out, was done. The word is kathidzo. Kathidzo, it means finished. It means thoroughly complete. Looking past the distractions into Jesus, who is the author and finisher. So it brought me to the question, how important is this Jesus, this Jesus Christ, in your life. Now I'm not talking about religiously. See, we can all get we're in church. We can get religious. We know the right answers. I'm talking about the practical. I'm talking about tomorrow. Tomorrow. I'm talking about yesterday. How really important is Jesus Christ in your life? Do we, how often do we really look into Jesus or do we look on Google? When you're in a trouble, when you're in a when you have a question, when you're when you're changing circumstances, when everything is, as the world would say, going hell in a handbasket, how important is Jesus really in your life at that moment? Is Jesus prominent or preeminent? What's the difference? Prominent means to stand out. To be readily noticeable. He's conspicuous, widely and popularly known. This means that Jesus is seen as important. He cannot be denied. He's widely known by all the, the world. He's the Son of God who gave His life for the sin of the world. If Jesus is only prominent, listen to me, then you see Him no different than the cults. Going down to 183 into Austin, there's a big billboard right as you get to Seward Junction and it says, the Muslims love Jesus. He's part of the prophet, prophetic hood. The Muslims believe that Jesus is prominent in our history. He's a son of God. He's a savior of the world. They believe in him, his existence and his accomplishments and his word. He spoke the truth. He's prominent, but he's not preeminent. So what is preeminent? Preeminent means to have paramount rank or importance. It means to be supreme. It means to be essential to life and living. It doesn't mean that Jesus is now top of the list. It means he is the essence of the list. It's not about being first. It's about being foremost. In other words, Jesus is the real deal and he's the only deal God's offering. So we're going to look... It's not that we don't believe. Listen, I know we believe in Jesus. and we off, But here's the problem. We often don't see him as he is in who he is. We don't see him as essential enough, as smart enough, as present enough to deal with our situations. As to give him preeminence in our lives. In other words, he's not our go-to guy. We go to our history or we go to our hopes. We don't live in His presence. 
So I want you to look at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. We're going to be looking at the preeminence of Jesus. Now that word preeminent is in verse 18, so we'll get there. But I just want you to know I'm not pulling it out of thin air. So when I read that verse in Colossians, the Lord says, Am I just prominent in your life or am I preeminent? And I, I had to face the question. So I want us to look at Jesus as he really is in his preeminence. Because we're going to have to change the way we see Jesus in our world today. We're going to have to have a look into, that's what I want us to do this morning, have a look into the preeminent Jesus. So Colossians chapter 1, now context of Colossians that you've been born again, you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, that you've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son, Jesus. And then he says in verse 15, he says, He is the image of the invisible God. First thing, Jesus is preeminent in revealing the Father, revealing Father God. He is the image of the invisible God. You will never know God. I'm going to make an overwhelming true statement. You will never know God as you would or should without knowing Jesus Christ himself. I'm not saying knowing about him. You'll never know God in his reality without knowing Jesus Christ in his reality. Because Jesus is the revealer of the Father. He is the image of the invisible God. The invisible God. God is a spirit and God is unseeable. Well, how are we going to know God? Jesus. And anybody that says that they can know God apart from Jesus Christ is a liar. I know, I'm not saying they lied. They are the liar. Because that's what the enemy says. Jesus is not really. You know, he is a, and yeah, he lived and died, and yeah, he, he, and he'll even forgive you, but he's not everything. Jesus is the image. The word there is icon of the invisible God. The word image, we get our, you know, you have a, uh, if you have a smartphone and uh, a computer, you, you know what it is on, that, on your home page. As you open and it comes up, there is a, the page is usually filled with icons, icons. What that is, is a picture, a man, a, a rep, an exact representation of what's behind. In other words, if you poke on that icon, it opens up an invisible program that does what it's supposed to do, that that icon, really, it's the manifestation of what the icon represents. Jesus is the manifestation of God. That's what this word means. He is the icon. Hebrews 1.3 says Jesus is the express image of his person. Jesus is the exact representation and manifestation of the Father, of God. Jesus makes the invisible God visible, clearly seen. Colossians 2.9 says, For in Him, in Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, visibly. The word fullness here means the sum total of all that is. And the word dwells here means to settle down permanently. Permanently, sorry, I'm getting in too big a hurry. To settle down permanently in Jesus, the sum of all that is. The very nature and being of God has been perfect, perfectly revealed in Jesus Christ. That's why Paul's way of saying that Jesus is God in HD, high definition. Man was made in or after the image of God. Jesus was the image of God himself. Now, I'm not just the one saying that. That's what the scripture says. He's the revealer of the Father. Verse 15 goes on and says, For he's the firstborn over all creation. The word firstborn here doesn't mean he was the first one born to God. The firstborn doesn't refer to time. It refers to place or status. Jesus Christ was not the first created being. He existed before creation. The firstborn is the heir and the destined ruler of everything. 
as the firstborn over creation, Christ is given the place of honor and of sovereignty that belongs to the eldest son in the kingdom. The word firstborn here means rank, first of importance. You remember when uh, Samuel was sent to David's house, uh, to the house of Jesse to anoint the next king? He had rejected Saul and he's going to anoint the next king. And Jesse brings in all of his sons from his oldest down through to the next to his youngest, next to his youngest. And Samuel goes through and God says, not them, not them, not them, not them. Finally, Samuel says, do you have anybody else? He said, well, there's this runt, this nobody that's out tending the sheep while all the real important people are here. And they says, go get him, send for him. And he comes in and he anoints David. Now, here's the scripture in Psalms 89, 27. He's speaking of David. He says, also, I will make him my firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. Speaking of King David. David was the last of the sons of Jesse, but God made him firstborn. It wasn't, he wasn't born first. God made him firstborn. Jesus is the firstborn over all creation. Jesus is preeminent in revealing the Father. No one knows the Father unless Jesus reveals the Father to them. Jesus has a monopoly on the revelation of God. The only way you can know God as He is is for Jesus to reveal Him to you. You say, well, preacher, isn't that a little narrow-minded? You really believe that Jesus is the only way? (laughs) I think you'd want your pharmacist to be narrow-minded, wouldn't you? Oh, here's two bottles of pills. Just pick one. Let's see if it works. I got an idea. I would want my airplane pilot to be narrow-minded. I want them to have one destination where I'm going. How many of you want your banker to be narrow-minded? To really have one plan for your account? To be your account. And to make sure everything you put in your account is there. You see, isn't it amazing? We can be narrow-minded about everything in our life. But this one thing about Jesus Christ and this religious thing and all this. Well, you know anything goes. Just see what works. There's only, Jesus has a monopoly on the revelation of the Father. If you're going to get to know God. If you're really going to know the creator of this universe. You've got to know Jesus Christ. He's preeminent. He's preeminent in the revelation of the Father. He's preeminent in the ruling of the universe. Verse 16, For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. Three things I want to show you about here. First of all, Jesus is the power of creation. By or in Him, all creation exists. Now, this doesn't just mean that Jesus was the Creator, though He was. But this word indicates that that all of creation was an unfolding of the mind of God in Jesus Christ. It was the unfolding of the plan of Jesus Christ, all of creation. It's why all creation exists. So basically, Paul is saying that all of creation itself is wrapped up in Jesus and came into being through Him. All things that are in heaven, that are on earth, that are visible, that are invisible, thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, whether things are good or bad, material or spiritual, everything is subject to Christ who is their Creator. Jesus is the power of creation. He's the preserver of creation. In Him all things consist. And this word consist means hold together. Jesus is the glue of the galaxies. What is it that keeps it all from falling apart and coming apart? Jesus. Next April 8th, there's going to be an eclipse. That's where Lampasas is one of the spots that they're saying that this eclipse is going to go. How do we know now that it's going to come over? They know it to the minute. Do you know how long the eclipse is going to last, the full eclipse? Four minutes. How long? How do they know? 
Because the one who holds everything together has put it in such order that we can now determine what's going to take place next April the 8th at noon. And we think he can't handle our problems. He's the preeminent power and preserver of our creation. He regulates the universe. He holds all the Hebrews 1:3 says he upholds all things by the word of his power. Christ not only makes all things, but he holds it all together. He keeps the cosmos from becoming chaos. Now we think it's chaos. God says it's still cosmos. And it'll end up cosmos because that's what I've created. You see, it's amazing how we can get our eyes so much on the things of this world that we don't realize who's in charge of this world. He regulates the universe. Listen to me. The scientists talk about natural law. There's no, here's, here's the thing you've got to understand. If you really believe in creation, there's no such thing as natural law. There's God's laws that nature obeys. Yes, there's adaptation. Yes, there's all. Just, just understand, all of this has to have something behind it. And his name is Jesus. He also is the purpose of creation. All things were created through him and for him. That word for there is a prepositional word that speaks of direction. I don't know how many people say, what is the world coming to? I can tell you, Jesus. Everything that we think is, it's all going to come up to this Jesus who's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now. He's the purpose of it. Everything is wrapped up in Jesus. He's, he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Everything, everything. It all came from Him. It's through Him and it's going to Him. He's the reason for it all. It's all made for Him. Therefore, life without Jesus is absolutely meaningless. Your life can never have meaning apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to me. I know people say, well, I I can have life. No, you can live, but you can't have life. You can live your life, which is going to end up in death. Then you will stand before him who is life. Now, listen, if a life without Jesus is meaningless, then a day without Jesus is meaningless. And some of us has not only gone a day, we've gone a week. Some of us has gone a month. Some of us has gone years. Because we got offended, we got hurt, something happened. But you see, Jesus is not preeminent. He was what I had in the past and I hope for someday have in the future. But right now, I don't want to have anything to do with Him. A young man taken a philosophy course. He studied and studied and studied and he came to the final exam and the philosophy professor, professor was kind of a, he had kind of a sense of a humor though I'm sure the students didn't think it was funny. He wanted to see how much the philosophy these young people knew. In other words, how well they could think. So the final ex- examination was handed out to them on the day of the final and it had one word on it. Why? Okay, you philosophy students, here's your final. Why? And that student had studied and studied and studied, sat down there. Finally, he just wrote one word, because. (laughs) Went and turned in his paper and walked out. I would have added two more words. Why? Because of Jesus. Everything is wrapped up in Jesus. Number three, preeminent. Jesus is preeminent in the reconciling of the world or the redemption of the world, redeeming the world, all who will come to him. For Colossians 1, 18 says, And he is head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. There's our word. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him, in him, fullness. By him, reconciliation. All things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things under heaven, uh, things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. 
Now let me tell you something. This is amazing to me. He not only made peace for the things on the earth, he made think peace for the things that are heaven. In other words, earthly things can go to heaven and heavenly things can come to earth because Jesus is made away by his cross. What does that have to do with me? And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled, brought you back in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless above reproach in his sight. What is God up to? God is up to presenting you holy, blameless, above reproach, in his sight. Listen to me. I've just told you how the God who started it is going to finish it. It's all wrapped up in Jesus. Jesus who died for you is going to bring everything to completion for you. The one who started it is going to finish it. He who began this good work in you, he himself is going to do it. He who called you he will also do it. Philippians 1.6 and 2 Thessalonians 5.24. Both are saying the same thing. And Brent, 2 Thessalonians 5.24. Mm. Let me tell you. Here's what God's up to. He's up to bringing you, to presenting to himself... You, holy, blameless, and above reproach. In His sight. How do you get there? Looking unto Jesus. Looking into Jesus. See, a lot of times when when you hear me saying that, a lot of you are thinking, well, I'll take a gander. I'll look to Jesus. I'll look to what the Bible says. I'll look to this or I'll look to... No, it's not. I said looking into Him. Do you know Him? Do you know how He does it? Do you know who He is? Do you know how He lived it? Do you know? You see, the fact is we have heard and we've learned from stupid preachers And we've accepted what everybody else says about Jesus. But I'm asking you, have you ever yourself looked into Jesus, looked full in His face and really see who He is? Get into the Word of God and you see how He did it. You understand what He was saying and why He was doing it. You saw what He didn't do. He saw what He could do. All of these things. You see, most of us don't look into Jesus. We look for Jesus. We look for Him to come back. We look for him to have died. Folks, Jesus Christ is alive and well. And he is in, right now in the process of doing what he needs to do in your life to present you holy and blameless and above reproach to his Father. This Jesus who declares the Father, this Jesus who dominates the universe, this Jesus who delivers the fallen, reconciles all things to God because He's made peace through His blood on the cross. His death and His deity are inseparably linked. Not only is He the one who reveals the Father and regulates the universe, He's the one who redeemed His church, His people. If you can trust Him for forgiveness of your sins, can't you trust Him for the answer to your questions? Can't you, can't you trust Him when the world doesn't know what to do that He can show you what to do? He is alive and His Holy Spirit is in you to bring to remembrance everything Jesus said and did. If you trust Him to have saved you, can you not trust Him to keep you, to hold you together, to keep you from falling apart, to finish what He's purposed and what He's promised? So look again at Hebrews 12 too, this time in the message translation. Keep your eyes on Jesus. 
who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. Study how he did it. Study how he did it. I said that three times, didn't I? Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything. Can you put up with anything? Along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside. Anybody in here ever run track? Anybody run track? You, you, you smart people that didn't hold up your hands. You know, I, whenever I got out of track, I was done. How many of you run hurdles? Anybody ever run hurdles? Yeah? Cool. You know, <clears throat> hurdles is one of them crazy races. About the time you get started, you're going to have to jump something. And then before you know it, you're having to jump something else. And if you're not careful, you find out your whole route is jumping something. Hurdles, that thing that's in front of you. Let me tell you how they teach you to run hurdles. You can't look at the hurdle. You've got to look at the finish line. You've got to know where you're going. You've got to, you're in your lane, but you're, you're going somewhere. You've got to keep the finish line in place. It's the same way you plow a straight row. Only thing, there's not hurdles in the middle of a field. You're running a race. There's hurdles. What happens when you start looking at the hurdles or looking at the people running beside you? You begin to measure your steps to make sure you're ready to jump. And then when you start measuring your steps, you lose your rhythm. And then if you're really good like me, you hit the next hurdle. <laughs> and if you hit enough hurdles, it... it it makes the race a lot harder to run after you hit your first hurdle. Because every other hurdle, there's a fear in you that you're fixing to hit it too. And sometimes you run hurdles and you fall over the finish line. You see, the race gets a lot more difficult when you concentrate on the hurdles. How many of you have hurdles in your life right now? How many of you have got things going on in your life right now? Some of you would stand up and say, my whole life this year, last two years has been a hurdle. Let me tell you something. Here's my invitation. Lift your head. I want you to see who's already run this race. He's already finished it and he won. He's already finished it and he's won. He's inviting you to fix your attention on him. Don't get caught up in all the things that's going on around you and all the things that the world is saying stuff. Just keep your eyes. The one who called you, he's going to keep you. And if you'll run step in step, he will give you a rhythm of life by which those hurdles are just the next step for where he's taking you. We're going to do something a little different today. We're going to have a ministry team. They're going to be here and be available but I'm going to invite you right now, if you've got a hurdle, Lord, just showing you a hurdle that's in your life. Ministry team, if you all just go ahead and come up. If you need prayer for something specific, and you can go to them after we talk about this, but here's the thing that I want us to get right now. If you've got a hurdle, and let me tell you, the moment I said that word, you know it. I'm not trying to talk you into something, but you know you've got some hurdles. In fact, you've been battling hurdles for some time now. It could be attitudes, it could be actions, it could be a lot of things. The whole thing I'm going to ask for you, I want to ask you, if you've got a hurdle, you know you've got a hurdle, or if you've got multitudes hurdle, I want you to just stand up where you're at. Just have the courage to say, I've got a hurdle in my life. Why don't you just stand up? trying to talk you into anything alright now we have ministry team and you can go to them and pray but here's what I want you to do I want those that are around you see who's standing up around you <laughs> there's miracles for marriages there's miracles for marriages and I don't know I'm just pointing in this direction okay I don't know just, I just felt like the Lord said there's miracles for marriages 
It may be everywhere else. Okay? Now, those that are around, standing around you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to instruct you what to say to these. I want you to pray this prayer. Lord, give them a vision of Jesus. Okay? So right now, just reach out, touch them. If you, if you don't want to be touched, step out now. <laughs> We're just going to invite people. Reach out, just touch them. Say, Jesus, our Lord, give them a vision of Jesus. If you have a specific need that you need someone to join with you in prayer, not counseling, prayer. They're going to invite the Lord to show himself to you. Then the ministry team's here and available. And so you can go to them. But right now, would you just sit, and we're just going to invite Amanda to sing, and would you receive Jesus? thousand generations falling down in worship to sing a song of ages to him and all who have gone before us and all who will more time you will always be Corey Ten Boom who lived through the Holocaust she wrote this look around you and be distressed look inside of you and be depressed but look at Jesus 
be at rest. The Lord is inviting you into a rest in the midst of the chaos. Look into Jesus. Get into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Let me just close with, with this. Matthew 11, 28 through 30 in the message. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me, Jesus says. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Lord, open our eyes that the things of this world would grow strangely dim and that we would see the reality of the Lord Jesus. Heal our vision. Let us look through the distractions and see your glory. Help us stand up and step over our hurdles into our purpose again to know, hear, and respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Ministry team is going to be here and continue to minister, and we invite you to that. But if you would just quietly be dismissed and respect those that might be in prayer right now. God bless you.